1: goodness what a glorious occasion we have today this is truly tremendous today we are joined by James Leary and
0: I personally could not be happier what a time to be alive truly we've waited for this moment we've waited for this moment James also do you go by James I feel like folks have referred to you in many different ways
2: (laughs) so yes I do um I grew up a jimmy because I'm from the East Coast. Mm -hmm. Uh, So I grew up a Jimmy, but uh, when I got into SAG, there was already a Jimmy Leary, so then I became Mm. James. So I know, (laughs) like, the way I judge is that People who call me Jimmy and it doesn't sound weird are people who I knew pre nineteen ninety six. Aha, uh-huh. yeah. And there yes. are a very there are a few select people who I've <laughs> met afterwards who can call me Jimmy and it doesn't sound weird. Uh,
1: They've ascended. They have ascended. <laughs> um,
2: and uh, y- you you both are are free to call me Jimmy.
0: Wow! Wow! I
1: Thank don't know.
2: You. You're uh,
0: yeah. <laughs> we are both from the East Coast too, so it does come naturally. Uh, oh, so. nice, oh, nice, nice. Yeah. Uh, anyway, as Jenny was saying, we are so happy to have you with us. Thank you so much. Know. I
2: appreciate it. Yeah, uh, well,
0: yeah, we probably could do six a six part interview uh, with you, but we're going to try no. to keep it to just do wait pressing questions yeah <laughs> um, but I, I I suppose since we are inside of Slayers right now, mm-hmm. perhaps the place to start, though I'm certain we will sure. wind up all over um in your journey with Buffy, is how, you found out about this project slayers mm-hmm. um you know was it already being written was it like did they say are you going to come on board and then write clem in what was the vibe
2: um yeah so uh, i'm assuming you mean slayers a buffyverse story <laughs> available <laughs> yeah, on audible right. correct
0: exclusively and that's the very one on audible. i'm, I'm yeah. assuming you
2: mean that one yeah that's the one, um, that's the one. That's the one. yes <laughs> contract obligation checked. um No. So I have been good friends with Christopher Golden and Amber Benson for a very, very long time. Um, Obviously, I met Amber on the set um, and she was always such a delightful, delightful person. Um, And I ended up working with her and for her. She cast me in a a movie she did called Lovers, Liars and Lunatics way back in like – say, oh, five or six, somewhere around there. So and then, of course, you know, we've kept in touch over conventions over the years. And she's just always been one of my most favorite people on the planet. Um, and Chris, I met doing a convention in the Catskills oh. at the oh. Friar Tuck Inn.
0: Wow. I am, s- I am sitting in the Catskills right now, right now, right now.
2: Where's Baby? Is she in a corner? <laughs>
0: I know.
1: Oh, yeah. Um, Never.
2: And let me tell you, this place had was probably popular in about 1956. Um, so it was a crazy convention. And uh, Chris and I got to be good, good friends during that. We did a charity auction together. And um, so we've just, oh, you know, we've run into each other over the years and kept in touch. And I think it was Chris who emailed me one day and said, hey, um we've got this thing coming up. Would you be willing to, you know, maybe reprise Clem for an audio thing? And I was like, sure, of course I would. Absolutely. And he was like, yeah, Amber and I are writing. And I was like, yes. And I was very much expecting just to be in, you know, just a little bit. And then some time went by and some more time went by and it got closer and closer. And uh, then he sent me the scripts and uh, I had already, I was already on board. I, I would do anything. I would do one line for them. Um, I would stand in the background and just breathe heavy if they wanted me to. Um, um, so when I got the scripts, I started reading them and I was like, wait, I don't hold on. Wait a second. And yeah, they they made me like a main character. So I was I was all on board and it was just it was such a great a joy to read. And I'm so thankful to both of them. And of course to audible, um, and all the amazing people over there. Um, but yeah, they, they really just threw me a bone. And I think it's cause they, they believed in me, I think more than I believed in myself and they knew that Clem could, could, could be part of the Scooby. So, so thankful.
1: It's really exciting to, to get to experience as, you know, longtime fans of the universe, uh, to Clem is like a fan favorite. With you know, relatively, if you look at you know the the cast across the the entire television series, Clem is relatively you know eight episodes. Is it eight? That's yep. I would have guessed higher because he takes up so much room in my car. <laughs> <mind>. Same, same. <laughs> you know, uh, but well. it's so. It's just like one of there are so many magical things about this this series, and and one of them to me really is just getting to experience. So much more of Clem getting ready to talk to you. I was just thinking about like how cool it is that Clem really brings the warmth, you know, to this series more than I, like plenty of levity and welcome. Um, but I but I feel like you really got to like stretch mm-hmm. your performance legs in terms of like the the like warm fuzzies. Like it's it's so awesome and uh, just like such an enchanting. Expansion of the character. This is not a question. It's just a compliment. Oh, well,
2: thank you so much. I, you know, <laughs> I, I agree with you one hundred percent. And you know, it's not. They wrote such amazing stuff, and I think because I've known them for so long, and we have all been on stages together, and they have seen me do a million different things. I think they understood that. You know, Clem is kind of a. He's definitely a part of me. Um, uh, and they just ran with it. And I loved, I loved being sort of that uh, heart of the show. If you, if or the, or the, yeah, it's a show. I'll call it a show. Um, yeah. But it, it was, it was so great. And I, I was so thankful to them that they trusted me with that, that they trusted, you know, cause I, I kind of retired from acting a while ago and they trusted that I could still bring it. And I was so, so happy for that. And it was just so much fun. Like it, it was just such a treat. That entire week was, I, I came home and I was like almost depressed. I was like, oh, why can't I do that every day?
0: Because
2: <laughs> um, it was just so much fun. And we had such a great time. And uh, I, yeah, I, I can't speak highly enough. And Casey Wyland, who uh, was the co-director and producer um, and again, all the Audible people, especially the Audible UK people who were there, they everyone was just so so supportive, and I just felt really supported. So that um, whatever work was being done, I was really confident with. So, and th- thank you for that. I I, I love the character, um, and yeah, I only did, I did six episodes in season six and two in season seven, and I can't believe that twenty, god, twenty two years later, I'm still. Here, Um, you know, never in my wildest dreams would I have ever have imagined.
0: There's there's something about because I was thinking the same thing, Jenny, that you uh, gave voice to just then is like Clem is such a massive. Uh, James, I think you saw recently we posted about our next Buffy prom and we've done this Buffy prom mm-hmm. for a handful of years uh, and people cosplay all over the place. And they do, you know, Cordelia and the homecoming dress and, and on and on. And uh, I am well, as soon as we wrap this uh, interview, I am going to send to you my favorite cosplay of all, which was someone who came as Clem. And they spent oh my gosh. hours like uh, sewing the folds in their like hoodie. There were kittens and cards. No like, way. It was like yeah. epic, epic, epic. And Clem is su- it's just he's su- just such a massive part of our hearts in the show. Um, and. One of the questions that I didn't get to ask you when we were together mm-hmm. at Comic Con that I so desperately wanted to well, was about yeah. I it was mean, tricky. It
2: was, it was so tricky. It was like it was a, a minefield. A
0: there was a lot happening that day. Yeah. Um, but <laughs> Clem, Clem always had a depth. There was a depth there, but this series investigates it for the first time, and I I think we would all love to hear what that was like for you approaching the character with this these new facets, you know?
2: Yeah, absolutely. Um, you know, it it's funny. Uh, I, the original character, I think, had a lot of heart built into it. You know, he was only supposed to be a five-line character in one episode. And for whatever reason, the fans really responded to it. And they just kept bringing me back. And season six, as we all know, is a dark <laughs> season. <laughs> and yeah. I kind of lucked out in that you know the timing was right and my particular sensibilities um being primarily a comedian and knowing the show um it's one of my favorite tv shows of all time you know i've said this before when i moved to los angeles it was one of the top 5 shows i wanted to work on probably in the top 2 i loved oh buffy man. i mean i was a fan from i think i started watching halfway through season 1 and i was kind of like and then season two hit and I was like I am hooked from season two forward I was in um so I knew the show and I knew that a lot of times the demons were more human than the humans Mm -hmm. um and that's what I tried to play and luckily it it worked out um so I think there was that heart built in by people like Jane Espenson and Stephen DeKnight Mm -hmm. and um Drew Goddard um Drew Greenberg, uh, a lot of the writers who kept bringing the character back to, to mm-hmm. just bring a little levity and a little heart. And then Chris and Amber just ran with it. And so every time I got to read a page that was something new, um, especially doing some of the more emotional stuff for Clem, you know, was really kind of impactful for me. Um, you know, the kitten stuff has always been... a. Funny, but also strikes true to my heart because you know I'm a recovering addict and um, alcoholic, and you know I don't intend to bring that to a role, but I don't know that I can necessarily help it. So mm-hmm. uh, I'm rambling. I don't know if that answered your question at all.
0: No, oh. it did. I mean, especially like <laughs> because I think that the the depth of it is not only in the the sort of reveal that Clem has this like sadness inside of him but also i took special note of how the kitten conversation was had in this specifically Mm -hmm. especially with giles there's like Mm -hmm. a moment where giles really like lifts you up after Mm -hmm. the lion um Mm -hmm. that felt incredibly intentional and very specific
2: yeah definitely Mm -hmm. um and also just to be able to do a scene with the incomparable anthony stewart head uh You know, I, I, I knew him on set. I've known him from conventions, but I never got a chance to work with him. And that was, you know, I, had never worked with charisma. I'd never worked with Juliet. Uh, I briefly worked with Emma, like very small, um, Mm -hmm. so to get to work with them, because as you know, we, we did it as if it was a staged reading. So we were all in the same room. Tony was piped in from England, um, so we got to really you know he was he was on video so we got to see each other's reactions and stuff so that was really awesome it was such a such a privilege it was really great
1: it's so interesting as two people who have watched this television like the television series a ton we have had to kind of like very carefully thread out oh like wait who knows each other because in our minds it's like this is an ensemble cast and they all know each other and you're all my best friends Uh, yes naturally second best friend who's counting right (laughs) maybe maybe third (laughs) of this cast who had you worked with the most james marsters
2: yeah definitely james um and then second would be michelle trachenberg mm-hmm mm-hmm those are oh, the two i worked with the a most a pair
0: a pair oh, oh yeah. we loved don and clem you know getting her so all much those, like, fun so chips. much fun just the <laughs> so <best>. much fun <laughs> um did you make uh friendships like on the set i mean we've heard about amber and chris obviously but mm-hmm. uh jenny has actually crafted this question and i've i've ripped off her joke just a moment ago uh <laughs> but she said did you make any lasting friendships on the set of buffy or the set of slayers Parenthetically, best friends, second best friends. So I already blew (laughs) the joke. You know, any sorry. Sure.
2: Uh, Um. You know, the set. You know, film sets are especially TV sets are very strange, especially if you're not. You know, in the show cast, you're kind of showing up as a journeyman actor, actress, um, Mm -hmm. and your job is to come in and do your job and be professional and then leave. And if you get to keep coming back, that's that's awesome. And yeah, you can build. You know, work friendships, but I'm not calling Sarah Michelle up going, <laughs> Hey, you want to go have coffee? <laughs> but where it really started to, friendships really did form was in the convention circuit. And, um, ah. you know, back, I hate to say back because 1996 was yesterday, right?
0: Well, I was hoping totally, it was actually four years ago, yeah, which is exactly right. To me, but, so yeah.
2: <laughs> in 2000, I think my first convention was. It was after my first season, so I I often say it's like losing your virginity to a porn star. My first convention ever was San Diego Comic-Con in 2002. Oh, my God. And it was bananas.
1: Um, (laughs)
2: But for the next like five to six years was sort of the height and heyday of Buffy conventions. Mm -hmm. Uh, The show had just gone off the air in 2003. And then it just exploded. One year I did, I think, 14 cons. Uh, Yeah, it was nuts. And in doing that, that's where those friendships started to form. You know, I was at cons with James and Andy Hallett and Mark Lutz and Mm. Amber and Emma Caulfield and just mm, R.I.P. Camden Toy. And all if you just this we became this weird traveling circus. Mm -hmm. Um, Claire Kramer, uh, Jonathan Woodward, you know, all the all the. Whedon verse people, yeah, we were all just thrown into these crazy circumstances. Jay August, I just uh, <laughs> so many more people I can't even, you know, pretty much everyone you could think of, yeah. um, except for the you know, top, top folks, mm-hmm. um, and that's where the friendships really started to form because we were oftentimes in cities we didn't know and. Mm-hmm. For three to four days at a time. And yeah, uh, we've had some some great times. I once yeah. had to sneak out of a Paris hotel with Danny Strong uh, <laughs> and get on a subway uh, before <laughs> the hotel people realized that the con promoters had not paid our bill. Oh, um, no. And we didn't want Chinese. to get stuck with the bill because it was on the Champs-Élysées <laughs> and it was expensive. Uh, so we all snuck out and I'll never forget, we're walking down a, like we, <laughs> so it was Rabia Lamort, uh, jenny calendar Yep. tom link danny strong
0: wow bailey chase
2: real. myself all our respective partners uh <laughs> and we had gotten a phone call in the middle of the night that said the promoter didn't pay the bill you have to get out or else they're going to stick you for the bill and we were like whoa none of us are paying this bill um so we all <laughs> packed our stuff and The if I don't know if you've ever been to Europe, I'm maybe maybe not. Uh, Most of the hotels there have teeny tiny elevators, like for (laughs) two people, and they're very very slow. And there were like seven of eight of us with all our luggage in a four story hotel. So what we none of us could fit in the elevator. So what we did at like six a.m. seven a.m. We all packed up our crap real super fast, and we got down to like the first floor landing. So it was a one flight of stairs into the lobby, out the yep. door. Yep. We're all there with all our bags. We're like, all right, we're waiting for a phone call because one of our managers had gotten a person to who lived in Paris to come up with a car that we could all throw our baggage into, but that would fill the car. Then we had to hoof it to the, train, the underground station. Oh my gosh. <laughs> so we finally get the call and we're like, all right, one, two, three, go. And we all just pick up our bags and haul ass through the lobby. And everyone, we're like, Straight ahead, don't talk to anybody, don't listen to anyone. If someone starts yelling at you, ignore them. We bolt out the front door, throw our bags in, she takes off, and we start walking down the street to get on the underground station.
0: Oh, incredible. So, yes, it's it's experiences
2: like that that are just like the crazy times we had traveling the world that made us kind of this weird family.
0: Well, and- Con, like, the, the con of it all, I mean, it's something that we have very little experience with. We've really, like, we've been to con-esque environments, um, mm-hmm. except for one. And one was, a like, real con, and it was in London, and it was the first time we met James Marsters and Mark Which one? Uh, It was the Vampire Ball in London. Oh,
2: so one of, was it Sean Harry's?
0: Yeah, that was there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. yeah. Um, and we had no, James, uh, Marsters thought we were hysterical cause we were like just green and exhausted by like halfway through day one. <laughs> He's like first con. Eh? Oh you know?
2: boy. Well, especially <laughs> the London, like Brits do it different than everyone else. Those cons are insane. We,
0: we had no idea what to expect, but you know, it, It also gave, I think, both Jenny and I a whole different kind of respect for what you all are doing. And and obviously, like, it's incredible to interact with with people who love the work and everything. But it is also such incredibly hard work to be that present in that capacity. Um, So I just I like I have to give for like three days straight. Right. Like, you know, a constant flow of. Individuals. It's just really, it's really incredible. And it's a really wonderful thing that you all do to you oh, know, thank give you. so many of uh, folks who love the show the chance to interact with you. But just saying, I see you.
2: <laughs> oh, well, thank you. I appreciate that. I shall see you. <laughs> <laughs> um, no, there, I have always loved cons. I, if you can't tell, I'm a natural extrovert. Um, so I oftentimes gain energy from interactions like that. No, at the end, I'm exhausted. Um, and is it's hard work? Yes, it's hard. Is it roofing a house in Texas in August? No, um, but there is, you are giving a little bit of yourself to each and every person. Um, I think at least if you're doing it right. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. And it's, it's, you know, I've always approached it haven't always acted like it, but I've approached it as a privilege that I get to do this because I'm a fan. I'm a fan of so many things. Like, I have gotten to meet people doing cons, especially early on for show. Like, I grew up watching, I'm, I'm old. Uh, I grew up watching Buck Rogers and Battlestar Galactica and A Team and The Incredible Hulk and all these shows and movies that meant so much to me as a kid and are part of the reason why I became an actor. Uh, I got to meet all these people and hang out with them and and listen to their stories. And so to me, that is what has been the most fun and watching people um, like LeVar Burton or, you know, I always admired James uh, Marsters for his ability to really connect with each and every fan. Even Mm -hmm. if he's only got 10 or 15 seconds, he manages to connect with everybody. Mm -hmm. Um, And I took that to heart in that, you know this this interaction means something and yeah. it also means something to me i uh so yeah but the british conventions are a different beast uh, the first one i ever did like i had done some american ones and they were cool and the first british one i did i came out on stage in front of like 2500 people and it was like i was axel rose <laughs> i was like what <laughs> what Hold on a second, uh, and yeah. then it was you know three solid days of Guinness and fish and chips, and um, yep, yep. Uh, and I got home jet lagged, having to go to work at Buka De Beppo as a waiter, and I was like, "Hi, uh, do you know, yesterday sinning. people were screaming for me. <laughs> no, no, I'll I'll have your lemon chicken right up. Yep, no problem. Thank you."
0: Today's episode is brought to you by Regal Cinemas. In 4DX or IMAX or RPX or ScreenX, there's so many ways to watch movies these days, your Regal Unlimited membership gets you into those premium experiences at a reduced cost. And with Regal Unlimited, you don't only save money on the tickets, you will also save on your snacks. And as previously mentioned, I love snacks. The only thing that can make me love a snack more is saving money on buying a snack. Members get 10% off of all non-alcoholic concession items with membership. Regal Unlimited, all-you-can-watch movie subscription pass. It pays for itself in two visits. So, if you're planning to see two movies this month, join Regal Unlimited and sign up now. You can sign up in the Regal app or on regmovies.com/unlimited. Sign up for Regal Unlimited using code BUFFERING and earn 10% off your 3-month subscription. Please let us know about all of the movies you see and how the popcorn is.
3: You can shop from anywhere doing pretty much anything. You might shop while working.
1: While we're in con town, I believe that Christopher told us when we talked to him that your kids were at Comic-Con uh, this year for the yes. Slayers. Mm-hmm. I, was this like the first time because of you were telling us their ages and it sounds like maybe um, they were not probably watching uh, genre <laughs> horror <laughs> dramedies
2: <laughs> No. <laughs> when
1: Buffy was airing. Was this the first time they got to experience, you know. Buffy mania, Clamania.
2: Um, yes and no. So my eldest son, who is about to be twenty-four, he was very very young. Um, but I took him to convention. You know, we took him to a lot of conventions oh. when I was younger. Well, when I was younger, of course, he was younger. Um, <laughs> but he doesn't really remember a lot of them because he was like five, six, seven. Um, And then he'd been to a few. My youngest, Owen, had never really been, again, he'd been to one or two, but he was super young. So this was the first time they had seen anything like that. Um, It's also kind of the first time I've ever been involved in anything like that. I'd never had a stylist. I'd never had a wardrobe person. I, someone came to my hotel and did makeup on me that morning. I, that never happened before.
1: Um,
2: so, yeah, it was very interesting for them to see. Um, I don't think they knew quite what to expect. Uh, I think they both thought it was pretty cool. But they're also like, why is everyone making a big deal out of dad? Um,
0: it's funny because – He
2: farts a lot. Yeah.
0: <laughs> It's funny, though, because – so I ha- just had, like, a few minutes with Owen after, Yeah, yeah, yeah. After, yeah. The younger and, one, yeah. Yeah, and, like, you know, like, I feel like perhaps that's what you are receiving on your end. But, like, what Owen said to me and the person I was with was just, like, this, like, I'm so proud of him. That, I mean, literally, like, I left being, like, I'm my the biggest fan of Owen, actually. He's my favorite Most one in people that are. Room. Like, Most I just, people like, are.
2: He's – yeah, uh,
0: I didn't get to yeah. talk to your eldest, otherwise, Jonathan. I'm sure. Yeah, Jonathan. He was yeah. he
2: was in the midst of having to do a school project. Um, <laughs> oh, he's a no. he's a senior at UT as a history major, oh. and uh, he kind of forgot that that trip was coming up, <laughs> yep. and had maybe procrastinated a little bit <laughs> yeah, on a paper he was it. supposed to have done. Uh, so he spent a lot of that trip doing a paper.
0: They just they seemed yeah. very very proud of
2: they of uh, you, which you're is gonna make very. Me cry.
0: It was just very sweet to see that angle. Really, really.
2: Yeah, sweet. they're they're funny. They're two very different kids. And I'm so very proud of both of them. Uh, you know, they've had some hardship in their life and uh I just, you know, it, it, it I think sometimes it's weird because they both do theater and they both uh, you know, occasionally it will come up who their dad is and they've had to kind of shoulder that from both fellow students and teachers. Mm-hmm. Mm. Which is a little weird. I yeah. think sometimes yeah. when yeah. a teacher comes up and is like, Wait, your dad was on Buffy?
0: Yeah. That's... Oh my
2: God, it's my favorite TV show ever. And they're like, You're my algebra teacher, dude. What are you talking about?
0: No, <laughs> yeah, not here uh, for this power dynamic shift at how, all. Actually. How about
2: you get me an A? I'll get you an autograph. <laughs>
0: yeah. <laughs> Um, you, you mentioned never having had, um, like a, a, makeup or wardrobe person sort of show up before a con and, in situations like that. But of course, on the flip side, we imagine that in the television series, you spent more time in the makeup chair than most anyone. Uh, so one there, there are a few people you
2: know. who did spend more time, um, uh, so I was lucky in that, uh, when they finally figured out how to do the appliance, uh, mm-hmm. they got it down to about two and a half hours, which
0: oh, wow. really oh, isn't wow, that yeah. bad. Yeah. Cause That's it's,
2: so it, it was in four pieces, uh, not four, 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 <laughs> four pieces. Um, uh, it was a cowl that came from like here back, uh, then they would put the ears on and then they would do the whole face, which came down to about here. Okay. Uh, Uh, okay. And the face part was the toughest part because it had to be glued to every bit of my face so that it would move. Mm. And it was foam latex, so it was really light. Um, And then they would have to spend time airbrushing it, painting it, putting all the little touches. Uh, But they got that down to about two and a half hours. Um, You know, people like George Hertzberg, who played Adam, five hours (laughs) every time.
0: Good Lord.
2: Luckily for me, the hand, the hands were – and the arms were gloves. So oh. I, I could take them on and off. And I
0: guess all those extra folds made it possible for it not to have to be, like, adhered to your body. As yes. As, so
2: basically yeah. what would happen is they would put the whole thing up to – because I had to do, like, arm casts, and I did a full head cast. But what they did was they put it up here and were like, just – clamp. if you notice, Clem always walks around kind of like this. <laughs> and does a lot of stuff like this. And it's because I was clamping that here so that they didn't have to attach it. Yeah. So that Ah. after each take, I could take them off because they were were made out of silicone and they were very heavy. Oh, wow. And the nails, because silicone doesn't adhere to anything, the nails Mm. would constantly pop off. (laughs) So they were constantly having to reapply the nails. Uh, But I could take those off. Now, an interesting tidbit, the first time we did it, they didn't exactly know how it was going to go on and the way that because silicone dry is very sticky can't Mm. get your so the first time we did it it was with a prodigious amount of ky jelly (laughs) sure yeah i mean and the the sound for the job the sound of my arm going in and then out of it was
0: oh god
2: something for mm. porn hub.
1: Yeah, yeah, that's not, that sounds like none of <laughs> <Yeah>. our business. <laughs> nope. Like
2: none of our business. Uh, luckily, later on, they figured out that baby powder worked just as well.
0: <laughs> oh my god! Oh
1: nice. Yeah.
2: Um. So Huge yes. <laughs>
0: I hope you got a chance to talk to Trixie Mattel uh, at some. Did you get to talk to
2: Trixie Mattel at
0: at the aftercon? No, she's just an infamous drag queen, and you're talking about your nails popping off. I was like, man, Clem and Trixie (laughs) talking about their, you know, like what a we would all pay to see that. I'll tell you about that. Oh, oh, I
2: bet yes, (laughs) Clem would have a blast. no, so I, I was gonna say like people like George, uh, you know, they were in for five hours. It was from his torso up oh, and his arm wouldn't come off. So he had to have people help him pee. <gasps> Sorry, George. I, I let that I divulge that. <laughs> oh,
0: George. Yeah. Oh my goodness. Yeah. We really have not given fair credit to the work done to give us Adam. Yeah. yeah. George, yeah. we appreciate your sacrifice. Yeah. Yes. yeah. And and how. Yep. Yeah. Jenny, I saw your your wind-up face down there. Uh-oh. Oh. Yeah. Well, I was wondering
1: if um if you have the inside scoop and feel like you can share it, is somebody on the Slayer's creative team or is it perhaps you yourself mm. um that is a like retired snack aficionado? Right, you've got like a very specific chocolate chip cookie? Right. Chiparoos and a, a very specific of... grape soda. I'm mm-hmm. going to
2: go with Christopher Golden, I don't
1: know. He's the guy. We missed our option. We missed it. We should have I'm asked I'm pretty to, sure uh, I'm pretty sure it's again. Chris. Yeah. 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 Would you consider sharing with us your personal snack preferences? No Ooh. pressure.
2: Okay. All right. I've got I've got a few. Um I am. A, I love chips, uh, potato chips. I also love the yes. British chip, a French fry. Um, mm-hmm. Yes. Uh, I love salt and vinegar. And mm-hmm. uh, my wife makes fun of me uh, because as a child, I was always served a sandwich, like whether it was on Wonder Bread or whatever, a sandwich with potato chips, some type of chip. Mm-hmm. So I cannot eat a sandwich without some type of chip. Mm-hmm. And she's like, what is wrong with you? <laughs> and sometimes I will take the chip and put it on the sandwich.
0: That's appropriate.
1: Good Absolutely.
2: Man. Good man. So, this is why
0: Clem is a fan favorite, exactly. you know what I mean? Coming from the right place.
2: Yep. Uh, so I love potato <laughs> chips. Uh, I'm much more of a salty, like, snack person. So potato chips, french fries. um, Snack-wise, that's kind of what I go for, Mm. Um, although I have started to develop a sweet tooth. um, Chips Ahoy cookies with milk and uh, pie. Mm. Pie. I love pie. Nice. Apple and pumpkin.
0: Two very different pies, honestly. And I
2: I also have been known to demolish a pint of Ben & Jerry's in one sitting.
0: Talk about 1996. That's when we all started learning how to do that, you know? (laughs) (laughs) I had a, maybe not a technical question, but I guess a performance question, because Mm -hmm. clearly, uh, especially given the conversation we just had about how much time you spent in the makeup chair, there was a lot of visual elements to Clem Mm -hmm. uh, in the original series. And uh, I think we're wondering what you did differently, how you maybe approached the character differently or the performance differently, since you did not get to lean on any of those visual
2: cues. Um, you know, it's funny. I think I, I didn't approach it really any differently. Um, you know, one of the great things about being in makeup was that I could be as big as I wanted to be. And, Mm -hmm. um, as an actor, that is one of the things that I often encountered as critiques that I often got was great. Can you bring it down? Mm, mm. I'm I'm a big person I have a expressive face I have big eyes uh I tend to be very over the top um and a lot of times that just didn't work for some of the things I was reading for or um people just didn't get it um and I was always told like bring it down I was like that was me being down I was like, this, is, this is what you got um but being behind that makeup and the fact that it was so responsive I was just able to do whatever I wanted and I kind of approached that the same way in the audio recordings, um, knowing I wasn't on camera, I could be as physical as I wanted to be. Mm-hmm. And oftentimes was, uh, as I'm sure you've seen from the backstage, the behind the scenes footage, everyone is kind of like going crazy. And that, I think, is what helps bring forth the vocal aspect is if physically you're embodying everything so it wasn't a conscious decision I wish I could say I was a brilliant actor uh, who made a conscious choice but no I just kind of just went for it and was like I can be as over the top as I want to be and that's hey, it
0: maybe that maybe the best choice uh, to make is to just go for it um, that,
2: that's kind of the way I've always thought and you know I come from a stage background um that's where I grew up and kind of still is my favorite thing to do as much as I love film and TV. It can get really boring when you have to say the same thing over and 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 over again from many different angles. But what I love about theater is it's immediate. It's right now. And that's that to me is where the rush comes from. And coming from an improv comedy background, it's just always just been about the moment and what you can bring in the moment. yeah. Yeah. Well,
0: it uh, lands very effectively. Oh, thank you. (laughs) Uh, You know, we always loved Clem, but I really think that specifically in this universe, Clem is.
2: Yeah, no, he really. Yeah, they really. Again, I'm so very thankful and I'm. My desk is actual wood, Uh, hoping (laughs) that maybe we get to come back and do more. Don't know when, don't know how. Yeah, there's nothing I, I have no insight onto that but I really hope we get to come back and do more because it was such a pleasure it was such it was so much fun and
1: we hope to hear I think there are a lot of a lot of crossed fingers around the globe <laughs> uh, <laughs> hoping the same
2: thing I'm just gonna throw sure. this out there you know I don't know if there are any con promoters or people <laughs> who want to do things but maybe bring us all in for a staged reading of an episode who knows oh you know kind of like what they do with bobs burgers and simpsons mm. and uh, various yeah. other things yes. maybe we could do that Just throwing did, that did out you there. hear
0: that everyone listening right. go work your little scooby magic make uh-huh. it happen yeah. <laughs> um do you have maybe that's a good place to uh to ask you if you mm. have places that you'd like i mean clearly we know you are you are performing and and chris and amber are writing and perhaps the twain never meet but mm-hmm. you have a deep attachment of course to clem and clem's mm-hmm. journey so i wonder if there are places that you are hoping clem goes if we should be so lucky as to get gosh to i be.
2: don't know i i just love i love putting clem and they kind of did this too is putting him as a fish out of water um mm-hmm. putting him in situations that he has no idea how he's going to get out of and he just through his lovable goofballness manages to make everything okay mm-hmm. <laughs> I, I kind of love that i would love to see Clem is maybe a reluctant detective yes. <laughs> yes as sort of some weird noirish, <laughs> where he's got to solve a mystery uh but he yes, just keeps like yes. taping his into ears all down. the right hands like everything he does is wrong but it still works out <laughs> um, <laughs> Yeah, I just I love seeing him in those situations. I had always, you know, with the late great Andy Hallett, I had always wished that those two characters had gotten to oh. meet up.
0: Oh man. There's something so similar about, like, yeah. I I really, I guess, haven't had reason to put them side by side, but there is something so similar about yeah. the characters. Very
2: similar. And, and, you know, I got to know Andy very, very well doing the cons and stuff. And, uh, you know, he was taken yeah. from us way, way, way too soon. But yeah, I had yeah. always wished that Clem and, and Lauren could have gotten together because that yes. would have just been Ugh. a hoot. Uh, I had had wanted to write a comic years and years and years ago and I just didn't called, you know, A Funny Thing Happened on the Way Out of Sunnydale where (laughs) Lem and Lauren end up in Las Vegas and in the midst of like a mob dispute where one of them is accused of killing someone and they've got a like a hangover type comedy of errors hijinks.
0: Yes, uh, yes. Listen. Yes. You, it's never too late. It's, no, I no. was going to say you, you can still do this. We, <laughs> honestly, one of the biggest images I have when you were talking about your arms, the as Clem, the biggest image that I have is holding that big gulp. I think in the, in the <laughs> car on the way out yeah, of Sunnydale. Yeah, yeah, so yeah. that was in my brain, and then you said that, and I was like, I see Clem with his big gulp, and then going right to <laughs> Vegas on the way out of Sunnydale. Hell yeah. yes. yes, bring it, give it to us. We would love to have it. <laughs> all right. All right.
2: I'll see if I can make that happen. <laughs>
0: Um, Beautiful. I I also think, and and you know, I know we're we're running on time here, but because you're talking about Andy and the overlap of these characters, and we've already talked about some of the depth that Clem has been given, but I just personally find it so um, powerful when characters. Show um, their caretaking nature and their ability to bring a room to life alongside Mm. the things that they carry, um, which is why I was so um, touched to see the depth in Clem and why I'm now currently so moved in thinking about the Lorne and Clem overlap. Mm. Um, And Mm. so I don't know. I don't know if you have more to say on that and and how those two things meet, but it just struck me.
2: Sure. I think what is great about Chris and Amber is they both inherently know that um you know it's it's a cliche but it's oftentimes true is that you know the comedian the the clown is oftentimes very sad inside and i think they very much tapped on that as the reason why some of us are driven to make other people laugh mm-hmm. uh, a room full of strangers laugh is because we have a lot going on inside mm-hmm. um and we're oftentimes battling our own issues and demons and darkness and In doing that, it helps us. Mm -hmm. And I think they've very intuitively tapped into that. Um, Not saying that I'm a dark, depressed person, but, you know, we all have, we all carry things. And there is something that drives a performer, especially comedians, to get up in front of a room full of strangers and go, I'm going to make you laugh tonight. Whether that's stand-up, improv, doing a play, sketch comedy, any of those things. Um, It is, for me, it has always been about I don't care what day you just had if I can make you smile then yeah. that makes me smile so
0: yeah. Yeah. yeah James thank you for spending time with us
2: yes oh absolutely my my pleasure I don't want to leave it on like a a downer note like eh, <laughs> no, I don't think it
0: i i honestly like i think it's a really powerful note and i i i think that it's i think that We've talked to a lot of folks in the Buffyverse specifically who play um, villains, right? Specifically villains. And some of the most incredible villains uh, have talked to us from an actor's standpoint of the depth uh, that they've given to those villains. That it's not just about playing evil, right? It's Mm -hmm. about like saying anyone who's doing this, this thing that might be evil has a motivation to do it. There's a, there's villains a- Villains never
2: think they're villains.
0: Exactly. And, and I, yeah. and this is not the same. It's not apples to apples, but I, I think that it's a very powerful thing to remember that there's always more happening inside mm-hmm. of people than what you see. Um, So I actually think it's a really beautiful thing. Um, And uh, yeah.
2: Thank you. I, I, I think so too. I you know, it's the reason why there's the Greeks had tragedy mm-hmm. and comedy. They're, Two sides of the same coin why Shakespeare either had comedies or tragedies. It was either ending in death or a wedding. Um, Time's the same thing. Um, uh, So, yeah, and I think it's also why, you know, a lot of times you'll see comedic actors turn in brilliant dramatic Mm -hmm. performances Mm -hmm. Um, because it's there within everybody. Anyway, I could wax on, you know, if you want to do a master class with James Leary. Uh, sign up on blah 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 Would you?
0: were there any things that you wanted to talk to us about that we didn't sort of prompt you to
2: no I don't I don't think so um, yeah just uh, if you haven't listened to Slayers please give it a give it a Give it a listen. It's a lot of fun. Over eight hours, so it's a great value. Um, <laughs> you are doing
0: so good. And
2: uh I think you'll <laughs> I, I think you'll really enjoy it. Uh if you're a video game person, check out Assassin's Creed Nexus Ooh. VR uh for uh MetaQuest uh exclusively. Uh I I was a narrative designer on that. Um I was in charge of all the Ezio uh Italy stuff. Cool. Ooh. Yeah, that's all I can think of. Uh if you are ever in Brian College Station at Texas A and M and they have a show, Go see the improv troop Freudian the Slip. Um, nice. they are still going on I was a founding ah! member back in 1993 uh, and they are still going strong to this day so if you're there at AM, texas a&m my alma mater oh go that's check them so
0: out. fun noted Amazing. on my count that's very very fun um well thank you again for being here and no thank for you bringing us Clem who is so dear to so many of
2: us thank you so much it's been a pleasure and a treat and uh hopefully we'll get to keep doing it hell yeah for as season long as season
0: two season two
2: season <laughs> two yeah. let it be so